Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Wow. I, nothing else will do. I think that uh, as we jump into this, this word today that God's put on my heart, I pray that I can deliver it to you how he gave it to me. I pray that um, it'll come across accurately. And I, I just think it lines up with right what Pastor Justin is singing there. Just nothing else will do. I think that we have a, a, a nation that's an amazing nation. I think we've been blessed of, of all nations with, with many things. And uh, I think sometimes the levels of those blessings can, can hinder and harm uh, our relationship with Jesus. And so uh, not that uh, God doesn't want his people blessed, but I'm going to preach to myself a little bit today. So don't judge me. Is that okay? And, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the word with you, I hope. If you're uh, watching online, man, we love you so much. Thanks for being tuned in with us. Can you give our online campus a, a what's up, some love? Thank you so much for being faithful to get into the word and, and turn on your screen and tune into the word of God here. And uh, God's presence is here. We're going to continue to look to him uh, because things can be shaken and things will be shaken, the Bible says. And I started out 2020 with a series called Shaking and that we'd be the unshakable church. We're an unshakable people. And so sometimes God shakes things even in our own life so that things can't be shaken and, and will remain. And uh, I just think the, the world's kind of in a shaking moment right now. And as the church and God's people, we need to look to him and be satisfied with him. We've got our prayer and fasting starting tomorrow at 6 a.m. Come on, 6 a.m., everybody. Yeah! cold 6 a.m. January, baby. My birthday is January 19th, and so I'm always getting like fruit for a birthday cake. You know what I'm saying? We're always on a prayer and fasting, and so uh, I haven't had a birthday cake in now, I don't know how many years, 11 years, but um, we uh, start prayer and fasting tomorrow morning. There's some bracelets out in the lobby that say pray first, and uh, we've got a prayer guide. Uh, we'll be also having that live online, so if you're online with us, you can tune in uh, every morning, 6 to 7 a.m., and then Saturday, uh, uh, 9 to 10 a.m. With, with our worship team here leading and that. So we'd love for you to come out. Please be a part of that. And then we have connect group training coming up January 23rd in a couple weeks. If you've thought about leading a connect group or leading a community, we, we, do, we do connect groups throughout the community where you can get plugged in. You can't meet everybody in this room, but we have smaller groups of people, 10, 12, 15 hiking groups, connect group, all different types of groups. Um, we got Bible studies and outreach groups and different things. We'd love you to check those out and get plugged in. And if you've ever thought about leading one, we have training the 23rd to kind of train you and to help you lead that and can encourage you to step out in that. So let's jump into this new series. Our series for uh, this month, the rest of this month is called Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. And, and so, so the thought that I was praying about this series and the thought about this uh, series is this, that during this pandemic, during uh, coronavirus, the most deadly or the most concerning or the most dangerous thing that we could face or that we were concerned about and the reason we all wear masks and the reason that we, we have to do all the different things that we have to do mostly is because of people that have been infected but show no signs. Mostly the danger of this thing was that people have been infected by it, but you don't know and there's no signs there, quote unquote, asymptomatic. And so that's the concern. And that's one of the big concerns from the beginning of the pandemic was that people are asymptomatic and you could spread or catch it and they didn't even know they had it. And so as I was praying about this time in our nation, the time for our church, the time for me in my life, God said the most dangerous thing in my kingdom is a person that's been infected with faith, but shows no signs. The most dangerous thing for my people and for, for the presence of what I want to do and for my plan in the earth is people that have known me and met me but show no real signs or symptoms of a need for me and a desperation and you're all that'll do, God. 
And, and so I, I just, I was praying about what verse, and then look, this is gonna be kind of some medicine. I'm gonna kind of pastor you and shepherd you with some medicine. I'm not beating you up. I, I'm not, I never wanna beat, beat us up. Come on, I'm here to bless and encourage, but sometimes I gotta give you a little medicine and I'll try to put a little, little sugar inside of it. Does that make sense? I grew up on, cert, you know, nasty like, like cough medicine. It wasn't bubblegum flavor or anything like that. Nowadays you get bubblegum and cherry and raspberry. I didn't grow up on that. I'm like, you just got to choke it down, right? So we're going to give you some medicine, but we'll try to put some sugar in it. And so, so the thought as I was praying, God took me to Revelation chapter two and three uh, in, in the church where uh, there's a specific church that he says, you're neither hot nor cold. You don't have a fever. You're, you're not cold. You're 98.6. You're just normal. You don't have a temperature. You're not hot or cold. You're asymptomatic. You are lukewarm is what he says to this church at Laodicea. And so I'm not, look, look, I just want to tell you and encourage you. Jesus still says at the end of the passage in chapter three of Revelation, I love you. I love this church. He said, he said, I'm here to ask you to repent, to turn your heart around. He's talking to me in areas of my life. There's specifics about these seven books or seven letters in Revelation. Revelation two and three, there's seven churches that actually Jesus pins a letter to. Jesus speaks to seven churches. Many theologians and historians believe that those seven churches are the order of church history in the world. And so that those churches actually were real churches. So there's a specific message applicable to a specific moment in time in that Bible day to that church. So the message is to that church. But then there's a broader spiritual message to the entire global church. And then there's also pieces of, the, of those letters that actually apply to us individually as believers. And so we can probably find all of ourselves in some of those letters and all of our churches in some of those letters. Portions and pieces of each letter would apply today. So Revelation 2 and 3 probably is the most applicable letter and to us right now individually and as a church and so Laodicea the seventh one there's seven of them the first one uh, is Ephesus and and God speaks about that church he says I know that you're committed to fighting false doctrine and you're committed to making sure no one teaches false doctrine and and there's no heresy but you've but you've left the love of the king and, and sometimes we get so committed to making sure every script and every every theology is right we've forgotten the love of of Jesus, And I've met a lot of people that are harsh on their doctrine, but limited on their love. And so, so Ephesus was limited. Smyrna, he says, this is, this is a letter about a church that was you know, going through persecution and suffering. And, and Jesus says, listen, you're doing good. You're, I'm encouraging you to go through it. And I'm not going to get you out of it. There's no escape, but you're going to go through it. And I'm with you. Paragamus, it was a church that, that had actually been married to the world. And so what Satan couldn't do with persecution of the other church, he did with perversion of this church. And so what Satan can't do in your life through persecution, he'll get you to slip up in perversion. He'll use all, all types of tactics to try to get at us. And so what he couldn't do in this church in Paragamus, they married the world and he, he actually began to get them into some perversion in their church. And then Thyatira, there were Jezebel, it says Jezebel is there and she was teaching idol worship. This lady, I think they believe was teaching idol worship and that, that commingling Christianity with pagan worship. Sardis, it was a church that, that was kind of, a, a really many believed kind of this, um, this church that had a reputation of being alive, the Bible says, but you're really dead. It's kind of a denominational system and they just said, you're, you have a reputation, but you're really, you're really dead, Jesus said. Philadelphia was an amazing church, only church that didn't get any rebuke, really. We all want to be in that church and that kind of type of person all the time. It was like, you, you, I know your love, I know your faithfulness. There was no correction. And God actually promised that church to be, to, to be pulled out of the, the tribulation, that they would actually, that was the only real promise to them that they would, they would miss the tribulation. 
And then, and then you have Laodicea, it's the seventh one. And what's kind of, what's encouraging is that God loves this church and speaks to this church. But what's scary is it's the seventh one. And many believe it coincides with the last church of this day, of the end time church. And I don't know where you stand and I'll probably do a message on end time soon. And, and you know, I don't know when, you know, but we know that things are speeding up in the planet and we know that things are culminating. We know that stuff is happening. And so of all the, all the letters and all the, all the churches, this church probably applies to some of our heart more than any other church. It at least applies to the last day's church. And so Jesus begins to speak about this church and he, he says that they were well known for four things and I'm gonna read the passage to you. They were famous for four things. The first thing they were famous for was a banking center. I mean, this was the New York, the, the Wall Street of the world. This was the, the biggest banking center that was known and the Romans loved this, this city because of the banking system and there was an earthquake in 60 AD that destroyed the city and the Romans said, we'll come and lend you money to rebuild it and they said, we have need of nothing. Jesus, you'll hear what Jesus says. He uses all these statements about this church. So we don't need anything. And they actually rebuilt it on their own. The second thing they were known for was uh, these hot springs. So you had a city called Heropolis that fed these hot springs, these healing waters, sulfur springs came down from one side of Laodicea and on the other side, Coloss. If you read the book to, to, to the Colossians, Paul speaks of the Laodiceans. He talks about them and there's this, there's this stream coming down from Coloss and it's cold water, it's freezing cold water and it's refreshing. And he says, you're neither hot nor cold. Jesus uses this analogy, you're not hot nor cold, you're lukewarm because the water by the time it got to Laodicea, it was lukewarm. It wasn't hot for healing any longer and it wasn't cold and refreshing any longer. It was actually lukewarm. And so Jesus says, you're neither hot nor cold. So they were famous for those, those waters. They were famous for these black sheep that they raised and the black sheep, they would take these, the, the, the wool and they would make this fabric and it was this famous fabric all over the Roman empire. They would export it. So fashion, finance, and then they were famous for pharmaceuticals. They had this eye salve. Do you remember Jesus said, you, you, you need to put this salve on your eyes. They had this powder and they would create it and put it in these tablet forms and ship it all over the, over the world, the known world. And you would crush it up, put water in it and put it on your eyes. And it, actually, it would actually heal eye diseases. And so Jesus is, is taking all these things and he's saying, you know, you're, you're, you're in this boat where you're, you're very you know, financially successful and pharmaceutically successful and, 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 and fashionable. Come on, anybody, like, I, I mean, I'm not trying, I'm just saying like, okay, if Jesus knows how to speak to where we are. And he's using this, these analogies and he says, you're, you're kind of asymptomatic. And this is what he says in Revelation 3, 14 through 22. And the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, these things says the amen, the faithful and true witness. Come on, he's like, what I'm telling you is real. Like, I'm, listen to me, I'm the amen, the faithful, the true witness. The beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. So then because you're lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will become, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's kind of scary. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy. Listen to this, why are they lukewarm? Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched and, oh, miserable and poor and blind and, oh, and naked, by the way. Thanks, Jesus. And I counsel you, so, so he changes. He goes, listen, you don't really understand the spiritual condition you're in. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. I counsel you to buy from me. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That you may be rich in white garments. See, now he's hitting each of these, these industries that they're successful in. That you may be rich, gold refined in the fire for me in white garments. That you may be clothed, that your shame and nakedness may be not revealed and anoint your eyes with salve that you may see. 
And as many as I love, come on, there's the good news. As many as I love, the word love is phileo. It's friendly love. It's, it's friendship. It's, it's this compassion, this brotherly love. I, I'm fond of you. I, I love you. I, I want to fellowship with you. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous. The word zealous is be hot again. Be boiling again. Like get, get on fire again. Repent and change your mind about me and what you need from me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. And he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Come on, my title for today is this. We're just looking. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your, your way. Thank you that you've called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light. Thank you that you, you love us and that repentance and turning back to you is a gift. It's not a cuss word. Thank you that we get to look to you today. Lord, speak to us. Holy Spirit, open our heart and, and our mind and our spirits and our souls to Jesus today. We want to become more like him in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just looking. I've been in sales a lot of, a lot of years in, in my life in different areas, and I've worked in bed stores and, and clothing stores and furniture stores and all different types of stores. Come on, how many of you go into a store and, and the salesperson comes up to you and the first thing they say, how are you doing? How's your day going? What you, we're, we're just looking. How, how, oh, you're, are you, how, how was your day? Good afternoon. I'm just looking. I mean, the rejection, but you know, what? it's like, you know, what do you mean? I've worked in a bed store. Come in. That's like one of the number one places people come in. They're looking, they come into a bed store. I'm just looking. What are you looking at? Quilted toppers? What do you mean you're looking? Like you're here to buy something. You, you're, you're in the store. There's courses and classes on how to do sales driven, uh, you know, customer driven sales. And so you can, you can disarm them. What they're saying is I don't want to buy anything. I don't trust you. I'm here to buy something. I'm here to get a car. I'm here to get some furniture. I'm here to buy something, but I don't trust you. I've got my guard up. I, I've gone through this before. I've been sold a bill of goods before. I've been given things that I didn't need before. I don't know if you have my best interest in mind. I'm just looking. Jesus is talking to the Laodiceans and they're saying, we're just looking. He says, I want you to buy for me. And when it comes to the things of God, I want you to buy for me. And, and here they're going, yeah, I've been through that before, God. I've been to church before, God. I've been hurt by pastors before. I've been hurt by people before. I, 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 I want more of you, God, in my life. But whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, Jesus says, I, I, know, I, know, I know all that you've been through and I want you to buy for me. I want you to let your guard down. I want you to let your, your, your hurts go. I want you to let the past go. And I want you to buy some things for me. Get out of your defensive posture. I counsel you to buy from me. I have your best interest in mind. You're not just looking. God, I want more of you this year. Oh, we got 21 days of prayer and fasting starting at 6 a.m. I'm just looking. God, I want to see you move in my finances and my, and my family and my generosity. Oh, the tithe. Remember pastor taught on the tithe and it's 10% of your income before taxes because God wants to be before the government. I get that question all the time. Is it before or after taxes, pastor? And, and, and God will actually open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that you can't contain and rebuke the devourer for your namesake. I'm just looking. We've got connect groups and leadership training and relationships. And I really believe that relationships will change your life and you'll find freedom in the context of relationships. We're just looking. And I think we've done church that way. I, I mean, not all the time, but I think there's easily seasons that we get into and it's like, I'm just looking. 
And I think serving will change your life. We're just looking. And I think meeting somebody new today will change your life. And I think someone sitting by you probably has the answer to your prayer inside of them. I'm just here to look. And I hate window shopping. Anybody like, I want to buy something if I'm going. And the Laodiceans are like, you know, we're, we're just, we're okay. We're just, we're fine. We're just looking. And Jesus says, listen, I, I know you, I know you think you're fine, but I want you to buy some stuff for me. And here's what he does in verse 14. He introduces himself. He introduces himself as the faithful, the, the amen, the true witness, the beginning of creation. The reason he does it is because of this. He says, I know you've been burned. I know you've been scared. I know things have happened in your life. I know you've been sold, but I want to introduce to you who I am, Laodiceans. I want to tell you who I am, the amen. The word amen means I'm the fixed one. I'm the unchangeable one. I'm the unmoving one. And I know that we've put our eyes on pastors and we put our eyes on people and we put our eyes on professional preachers and we put our eyes on all types of stuff in this planet and it lets us down. And we're called to be the people that put our eyes on the amen, the faithful, the unchangeable, the true witness. Can we be the people that say, Jesus, you're the center of all this. And no matter what, our eyes are going to be on you this year. And our gaze and our face and our, our look and our ears and what you prayed, Mark, what you prophesied, our eyes are going to be fixed on Jesus this year. He says, I'm the, I'm the amen and the faithful. And so he introduces himself so that they'll be willing to buy. They'll be willing to, to buy in and say, come on, this is what I have for you. And then he rebukes them through 17, he says, I know your works. I know the word works is I know your toil. I know your business. I know your employment. I know that which you're occupied by. I'm preaching to myself, guys. I know, I know what takes your time and your thought. I know what you're toiling about and you're neither hot nor cold. What he's saying is, and a lot of people have taught this, like I wish you were cold, like cold and away from God or hot and on fire for God because God can get a cold person that's got a hard heart easier than a lukewarm person. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, I wish you were refreshing and healing. I wish you were hot or cold. I wish that you, that you would prepare a meal or that you would prepare something in your life that refreshed me and that fed me in a way and that you wouldn't just slop something together in your life when it came to me. He goes, I wish you were, you were hot or cold. And he goes, but, but since you say that you're rich and have need of nothing, then he goes in, you're wretched, you're poor, you're miserable, you're naked. Oh my God, okay, you're blind, whatever. And then he says this, he says this, therefore, here's, here's where it gets good. He goes, therefore, I counsel you to buy from me. I counsel you to buy gold refined in fire from me. What is he saying? Simple thought, first thought for the day. You can write it down. Don't get your worth from the world. Stop, stop getting your worth. I mean, I didn't even know we were gonna sing that song, Justin. I didn't know. We're over time today. I got 12 minutes left. I don't even know if that clock's right. I mean, we're in here worshiping and just, I didn't know. And don't get your worth from the world as it's on my heart and, and don't think you have it all together and we're fine and that we, we have everything we need. And these guys were getting their worth. They're saying, we're fine. We're rich. We're okay. They weren't ascertaining their spiritual condition in a, in a proper way. And, and, and they said, yeah, we get our worth from the world. I just think, I think there's a lot of us, I'm included, that can get my worth from the world very easy, like from my bank accounts or my, or my paychecks or the clothes that I wear or just, well, it's easy to do that in the system, in the culture that we're in. My kids one time, I remember when they were younger, I don't know, we'd give them gifts and I, don't, I didn't give them this. I never gave them a $100 bill ever, I don't think. Somebody gave them a $100 bill. Somebody gave my kids a $100 bill and one of them, I don't know how old they were, they were like, we're rich! 
<laughs> I looked at him. I did the same thing. I kind of laughed. I was like, well, that's cute. I can understand it from your perspective. I can understand that you feel like you're rich and everything's okay now. You got your $100, but you haven't lived long enough. You haven't debited and credited long enough. You haven't diversified long enough. You haven't deposited long enough. You haven't had to pay for diapers and formula and, 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 and pacifiers and bed sheets and beds and oil and gas and oil changes and books and pencils and pens and, 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 and clothing and toothpaste and toothbrushes and, and, and apartments and bachelor pads and iPads and phones and iPhones and, and, and entertainment. And you haven't, you haven't, you, 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 you don't know the value of a dollar. You don't understand the currency that you think that you're rich by. And that one day when mommy and daddy are gone, you're going to be poor again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and one day when daddy's gone, you're going to be crying again. And one day when mama ain't around, you're going to need some food again. And one day, you don't understand the currency and the exchange rate of living in this world. And you're too young, so you ain't rich with $100. God is saying, I need you to buy for me because you think that you're rich with your $100 or your nice house or whatever it is you have or the million dollars or the $100 million. God is saying, you haven't lived long enough to understand the currency of the kingdom. And until you go through some stuff and have to fight and pray and seek God and go through things that cash can't settle, until you go through stuff, you're not going to realize the currency of your need for God. And until we go through things that cash can't fix, Jesus is saying, you won't ever understand the currency and the value of the dollar. You're going to say you're rich. You think you've got it all. Can I tell you, listen, cash can't cure COVID. Cash can't cure cancer been trying to for years cash can't cure callousness in a marriage cash can't cure carelessness you know I, I think sometimes we, we we think we've got it all and God says listen here's what he said all the money in the world won't keep you from needing me again that's that's the bottom line like we can't I'm rich I, I'm okay I'm good. I don't need the worship. I don't, I don't need a connect group. I don't need to be at prayer and fasting. I'm busy. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really need to be in my Bible every day. I don't need, I don't know if I, I don't know, I don't know if, how much I need. I'm good. Like, okay, when I get around to it, I'll get around to it. You know, you know, the worship pastor says, raise my hands. The pastor said some weird thing. Put your hands open at your waist. I don't know if I need to do that. <laughs> and, and I think we got to realize, like, there's nothing in my life. There's nothing in your life is ever going to keep you from needing him again, day by day, second by second. And a lot of times we need to understand the currency. So God says, listen, I don't want you to be asymptomatic. Don't get lukewarm in your wealth. Come on, we are wealthy people. I'm not, I'm not here bashing wealth. Come on. I want, to, I want to have money like anybody else. Come on. I won't turn you down if you give me $100 today. I won't yell I'm rich, but I'll go, I'll go do something for somebody. But, but I, I just think we have to understand that we're not going to let let an asymptomatic lifestyle creep into our walk with God. So he says, I counsel you to buy from me. And then he says this, I got so much to give you today. He says, I counsel you to buy from me, buy from me gold refined in the fire, gold refined in the fire. I want to deal with that thought for the rest of the day. Gold refined in the fire. What is that? Faith is spiritual gold. I want to deal with our faith today. He just says, I want you to buy faith. 
from me. I want you to get faith refined in the fire. I want you to get spiritual gold. I mean, if I told you right now in Maryville, my great, 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 great granddaddy uh, buried gold in the ground and there's a treasure, what would you do? And here's the map and you trusted me and believed me. And I said, I just can't get it because of tax purposes, but I've got a map to it. And if you'll go dig it up, I'll give you, I will give you half of it. I mean, you go buy boots, you buy shovels, you take everything you got, you buy, you buy a, a car that could load it down, you buy some trucks, you buy some bags, you do everything you could do. There's been a fascination with gold through mankind's history. Like we've died for it, starved for it, killed for it, traveled for it, sailed the seas for it. What if we got that passionate about digging out the gold that God said is inside of each of us? There's a, a gold nugget of faith. There's faith on the inside of us that you would dig for and hunt for and, and, and sell certain things for to get to the golden faith that's on the inside. What if we of God's people decided, man, I need faith. I need the gold that's inside of me. Counsel from Jesus to buy gold from him that I wanna dig for it and that I wanna find it. Here's why we miss it. Because gold is in ordinary places. We miss it because we think it's in the Billy Grahams or in the pastor or, or in some person that did some great feat for God. Gold's in the ordinary places. Where do you find gold? Under the mountains and in the rivers and in the mud and under the veins of day-to-day -day living. Come on, there's gold inside your job. There's gold inside flipping burgers. There's gold inside you driving Uber. There's gold inside that teaching job. There's gold inside that business you run. There's gold inside that motherhood. There's gold inside being a dad. There's gold. God just says, I need you to dig for it a little bit deeper because it's inside of you. We find it in nasty, muddy, messy places and you wouldn't find a, a raw piece of gold wrapped in rock and carry it and drag it around with you. You wouldn't do that. Here, let me buy something. No, you'd chip the rock away and you'd chip the mud away and you'd get rid of the, 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 pe the, 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 thing, the impediments around it and the debris on it and you'd, you'd begin to put fire to it and you'd begin to heat it up, right? And then all of a sudden that gold would begin to take shape and find its value. There's things inside of you, hear me. There's things inside of you that you think make you filthy that actually make you wealthy. There's stuff in you that actually make you think deep down, that's that past, that pain, that mistake, that dirt, that thing. There's gold in that. That's where gold is found. And if you dig down in God and you let God have a hold of that thing that was messy and that was muddy and that was painful in the ordinary places of life, God says, you know what? That's actually the thing that has wealth inside of it. The thing that you think you makes you filthy is actually what makes you wealthy when you give it to me. And then, and then you put the fire and the heat to it. When we hear gold, we're like, woohoo, gold, but here's what stops us from digging it out. Here's what stops you from digging it out subconsciously. One little phrase, refined by fire. That's why I get scared to dig out certain things in my life. Refined by fire. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire. Like I just, I wrote this down. You and I, we need genuine faith. Genuine faith. You know that faith can only be proven genuine by fire. Like, welcome to church. Ooh, asymptomatic. I love y'all. Is this help? I don't know if this is helping you. I just, I, I just, I'm preaching to me. Like, like, like. I, I don't know why I've gone through certain trials and why I've fought certain battles and why I've gone through certain pains and certain things that I think made me filthy but actually make me well. I don't know why I've had to face certain things in my life. But God says because those things, when I put the heat to them, they actually begin to prove the genuineness of your faith. 
And I need you, son, to have genuine faith. I need you, daughter, to have genuine faith, not some kind of little, I'm just looking faith. I'm just, we're not buying. We're not in the market. Well, why are you in the store then? First Peter 1, 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory. Listen to this, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Faith tested by fire always reveals Jesus Christ. The reason there has to be fires because it reveals Jesus. The reason it has to be hot is because it reveals Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. We see one like the Son of God standing with them. Faith reveals, fire reveals Jesus. And, and here's, here's what's so important. You got the fire and all of a sudden that stuff begins to be removed. You, when, you, when you refine a piece of gold and remove all the debris and the mud and all the stuff, when you find a piece of gold in the planet and you pull it out and you have this chunk of gold, and it's dirty and filthy and it's rock form. And, and then what happens? You don't carry that around, you put fire to it. You chip away from it. It doesn't, the fire doesn't change the gold. It just removes what's not gold. And then once what's not gold is removed, the true value of the gold emerges. The fire doesn't change your faith. It just removes what's not faith. It just removes what you've been holding on to. It just removes what you've been hoping in. It just removes what you've been looking to. It just removes what you've been, the, the pain that you've still grabbed a hold of. It just removes the past that you're still clinging to. It removes the lies that you're still believing. And what happens is when it begins to remove that, listen to me, now faith is released and reveals Jesus in the situation. I wrote it down this way. The, the greater his refining, the greater his reflection. And so some of y'all are like, man, I've been through hell. Good. <laughs> I've been through fire. Good. But you don't know what happened to me, pastor, and I don't. But I don't want you to discount the struggle and the hell and the fire because in all of it, in all of it, Jesus actually is revealed and his reflection is beginning to be seen in your life. And, and, and he wants to be seen this year like never before. And so when they thought they had it all, all together and were fine, they said, Jesus said, I need you to buy for me gold refined in the fire. I need you to, to get some things for me. I, I don't know why we're surprised about this. I mean, think about the tabernacle in the Old Testament. What's the first thing they came to when they walked into the door? A brazen fire altar. It wasn't pretty. I mean, that's the first thing. Like the first thing they came into when they came into church was a brazen fire, flesh burning altar. God never, God never tricked us. God never tried to surprise us. He put it right up front. He said, there's gonna be some fire. There's gonna be some pain. The very emblem of your, of your Christian movement is a cross. It's always a cross before a crown. The emblem's not a crown, it's a cross. You should understand. And there's fire at the very forefront of the church. And what would happen? They would smell this stench of flesh and this aroma of stuff burning. And then what would they do? They would move from that place into the holy place and the holy place had incense that was burning. It was worship and prayer. Why? Because the incense, our worship and prayer pushed back the smell of the burning flesh from the front of the, from the, front of the tabernacle. And, and, and your worship and your prayer and your incense and your praise and what we do in here pushes back the aroma of the actual refining of our faith. And so that we're this smell of Jesus, this, this smell of life everywhere we go. I know, I, I, I just think, let me, let, me write, let me say it to you this way. 
faith is released when what isn't faith is removed. And, and faith, here's a definition for you. Faith isn't believe. We think faith is believing Jesus better. Come on, let's be honest. I'm right now, I mean, if we put your bubble thoughts up in your head, like it's the end of the world. You know, I mean, I don't know what those thoughts are, but let me say it this way. Faith isn't, why fire is so important and the refining of your faith is so important and, and the revelation of Jesus in that fire is so important is because faith isn't believing Jesus better, it's seeing Jesus clearer. So, so often we're trying to believe better. Just gotta believe more. No, no, no. You need to see him clearer. And, and as we walk in these scenarios of life and hurt and pain and struggles, and then we see Jesus show up in them, all of a sudden now our faith is released in a greater way. And everything you've been going through, it's just been a kitchen experiment. Come on, somebody. My son and I, we love to cook. I'm gonna end with this. I'm gonna pray for you. My son and I love to cook. He cooks better than I do. We grill together. What's up, Dale? Come on, man. I love you. You're a miracle. I don't know if y'all know, Dale went through a life-threatening car wreck and God was with him. Walked miracle that he's here this morning. He, we talked on the phone a couple of days ago. He said, I'm gonna be at church. He's, be re, he's been rehabbing for months. My son and I, we like to grill together. He likes to, he cooks, he'll bake brownies, cakes. My wife bakes. You know, when you, you get the eggs out and you get them out of the refrigerator, they're, you know, what, dollar thing of eggs. You get the extracts out, you get the flour out, you get the milk out, you get the, you get the, uh, those little pinches of salt, you get the, the, the yeast that makes the cake rise, you get the baking soda. I mean, all those ingredients on their own would taste pretty nasty. You put them in a bowl and you begin to mix them up and what is it? It's just still cake. You add the eggs and you mix it up and you beat the eggs, it's still just the same. You, you, you put it, it's just batter. You put, in, you put in milk, you put in flour, it's just still, you mix it together and you stir it up, it's still the same. You put it in the bowl and you mix it. Until something happens that you put this little appliance in your kitchen set to about 400 degrees preheat and you open the oven and you put the thing in and it goes in one way and comes out a total different way. And God told me to tell some of you, I've just, he just, you're the same. You can only go so far in the fridge. You can only go so far in the fridge. You can only go so far when it's lukewarm. You can only go so far when it's comfortable. You can only go so far when there's no fire. God said, there's been fire on your life in 2020. There's been fire on your life because I'm putting you in one way and I'm pulling you out a different way because I want to feed you to the planet and make you appetizing to the things of God. Behold, I stand at your door and knock. And if any man opens the door, I'll come in and have a meal with him. I'll come in and taste the cake. I'll come in and sense the fire that's been on your life, the gold that you've bought for me. I'll sense that you've prepared something and I'll actually have a meal with you. I'll dine. I don't want anything from you. I don't want your stuff. I want your heart. I want your meal. I want the fellowship. I want the eye to eye contact. I want the connection. I, I, don't, want, I don't want anything. I want you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know what's scary? Jesus wasn't in the church service. Why does he have to knock to get in? God, please be in my life. Be in this place. We prayed this morning. We pray every, every Sunday, just so you know, I'll tell you this from now. Every Sunday, we'll have a 9 a.m. prayer time. We're praying for 15 minutes for whatever God's gonna do in this place. If you wanna be here, you're, you're, you're invited. Our serve teams are here. Our leaders are here. We're in here praying 9 to 9.15. 
I, I don't want you to have to knock to get in. I want, I want just to let you in. And do you know why he was having to knock? Because lukewarm, lukewarm living locks Jesus out. And, I, and I'm gonna end with that. I, I, just, I, want, I want you to know, you, you have gold in you. I just think it's an hour to, that if the heat gets turned up, it's because God's showing up. And there is so much value inside of you. There's so much worth inside of you. There's so much gold inside of you. We've got to dig for it. And I don't want to, I don't want to live, and I don't want you to live, I'm just looking faith. Please, please, let's don't be a we're just looking church. Can y'all, we all commit with me in 2021 that we, that we won't be personally in our own lives and, and as a church, uh, we're just looking people. Let's pray that we're not that. Because Jesus says, I love you and I'm speaking to you and there's some things I want you to buy for me. So we, we're gonna look at faith. Next week, we're gonna look at the, the white garments and buying that raiment. And then we'll look at ISAV and vision. I'm gonna preach on vision hardcore the last couple of weeks of this month, just vision, dreaming again, what God has for you, what he has for me in our life. Come on, let's pray. Father, thank you so much. I know this might be a heavy message for some people, but I pray it's not. I pray it's a message full of life, a message full of love, that there's value, that you're at the door knocking. That's the, that's the beautiful thing, that you're still knocking, that we wouldn't, we wouldn't lock you out with lukewarm living, God, that we know we can only go so far in the fridge, that as we get in the fire, that you're a good chef, that we trust you not to burn it. We trust you to know how hot to turn it, how high to turn it, how long to preheat it, how long to bake it. We trust you, God. We thank you, Lord, for anything that's been a part of our life that we've been wondering why and how, and I don't know how I'm gonna make it, that we come to you today and we buy from you. We're not just looking anymore. We're gonna buy from you. We're purchasing from you gold refined in the fire. Genuine faith, God, that you would reflect yourself in our life this year like never before. If you're in this place, no one look around. If you just say, you know what, Pastor? I need Jesus. I need, to, I need to give my life to, I need a fresh start with God. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about rules. I'm talking about you, you know you need to give your life to Jesus. You want him to be the Lord and the leader of your life. The Bible says if you would give your life to Jesus, you get a fresh start with God. I'm gonna pray for you right now, just real quickly. And if you're here in your, in your heart right now, you know, you're like, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God. I just want to simply pray for you. No one's looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or stand you up or bring you forward. But if you'd say, you know what, pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I need a fresh start with God today. Would you raise your hand to me and be honest with me in this church? Come on. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. I need God. I don't want religion. I want, I want faith. I need Jesus. Anybody else? Come on, let's pray, church. Several people put their hand up. Come on, right now, we're just gonna open up our hearts to Jesus. You can pray this prayer with me. If you're online and you need Jesus, you can just type Jesus in the chat. If you say, I need genuine faith, I'm ready to surrender my life to Christ, just let us know. We wanna pray with you. You can pray this prayer right there in your home as well. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I need you. I'm gonna need you tomorrow. I'm gonna need you for a thousand years. There's nothing else that satisfies. Nothing else can run and lead my life. I'm, I'm sorry for, for leading my own life. I'm sorry for going away from you. I surrender today to you as God, as my Lord, as, as my leader. I give you my life. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Thank you for removing every one of my sins, past, present, and future. I trust you. I give you my heart, Lord. 
Give me a brand new heart. Give me your spirit. Empower me. Give me your strength to live for you and serve you the rest of my life. Thank you that I'll get to see you one day in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody. Amen. 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 Give God praise. Several people saying yes to heaven. I know we're, I know we're a few minutes over. We got prayer and fasting tomorrow morning. I preach longer when I don't eat, and so I'm sorry. I love you so much. If you need prayer for anything, we have, a, we have prayer team members over here, our ministry leaders. They'd love to pray with you. If you made a fresh start, they'd love to meet you and give you a book as well. And then guests. Come on, give our guests a hand. I know I see some guests in here. Dale, we love you. Come on, man. Y'all, y'all give him a high five for being back in the house of God, going through everything he's been through. And listen, we don't, we don't pass buckets or anything like that. We give as we go. You can give online or, or uh, buy the boxes at the door. We love you. Come on. Let's don't live asymptomatic in Jesus' name. Have a great week.